Welcome to Access, a public affairs presentation of iHeartMedia and radio stations KLVI, KYKR, KKMY, KIOC, and KCOL. Join us now as we explore Southeast Texas issues with news and sports director Harold Mann. We do want to welcome you to this week's Access program on this 10th day of September 2017. Thank you so much for spending part of your Sunday with us. We continue to give you coverage and updates on the recovery following Tropical Storm Harvey. Going to start off this week visiting with Paul Trevino. Paul is the CEO of the Christus campuses here in Southeast Texas. This program, just like last week, uh, focusing on what turned out to be Tropical Storm Harvey hitting here in uh, Southeast Texas. And now we're going to talk about the aftermath. And uh, Paul, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Sure, absolutely. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Uh, it's been an a unbelievable week. Um, it's been a story of challenge, and uh, it's been a story of how people have been able to come together to uh, make sure that health care is available to everyone uh, during this critical time. Let's talk about the Christus campuses here in, in Southeast Texas. How were they impacted? Sure. So we were notified, uh, you know, uh, late Wednesday, early Thursday morning, a week ago, uh, that the city water supply was no longer going to be available. Uh, we knew immediately uh, that uh, as the regional trauma center that we had to make the call to be able to stay open uh, during the storm and also afterwards. Um, and so our team's been really working diligently uh, over the last uh, few days uh, to bring up full operations at the hospital. So uh, we did not evacuate uh, the hospital. In fact, we began to take measures to uh, immediately ramp up. Um, one of the key elements of uh, our ability to sustain ourselves uh, was a uh, auxiliary water system that we put mm -hmm. in place. Uh, St. Elizabeth, which is the main regional trauma center for this area, uh, consumes about 100,000 gallons a day. Wow. So over the past uh, few days, we've been able to replicate that system uh, by using auxiliary water tanks and then working with the city of Nederland, who we can't thank enough for their uh, partnership during this time. I was going to ask you that. Uh, we were talking about that before we started. Tell us what uh, the city of Nederland is providing for you. The city of Nederland is providing uh, fresh, potable, um, and I might say excellent water uh, to uh, not only Christus but other uh, facilities uh, in the area, as I understand it. Uh, we have six tanker trucks that are running by the hour uh, uh, that are picking up water in Nederland at the Nederland Fire Station and then bringing that water to inject into our auxiliary water system. Uh, we have tested uh, all of the water that we are currently using, uh, and i got to say it's, uh, it's excellent in terms of what our tests are showing. Let's talk about during the storm itself. Again, we are visiting with Paul Trevino, CEO for Christus Southeast Texas. You mentioned you did not evacuate. At what point do you start considering that? I mean, mm -hmm. to, to evacuate patients of the hospital, boy, that's a task. That would that that's a hard yeah. task to do during a storm such as this, or maybe yeah. even a future storm. What steps are taken when you consider if you can right. evacuate or not? Well, one of the things that when you back up all the way to Rita and I, because right. Christos recognized there were some uh, gaps in our emergency preparedness, um, and so from those storms to w sitting here today, our system took measures to put our our, uh, uh, cells in the best chance of remaining operations during a storm like this. So we installed two wells that are uh, supporting uh, the system. So uh, our air conditioning systems are fully intact. 
uh, and uh, we have water to be able to uh, flush toilets and do the things that we need to do. Uh, we also put two quick connects uh, so that generators could be uh, installed very rapidly so that we could maintain power. So in a storm like this, and particularly this storm, uh, very different from Rita and Ike, where you lost power for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. This storm was really about more of a water event. Um, and so solving for uh, having accessible water was really the problem at that time. So we learned a few more things uh, that we are going to be looking at. To, so every time an event like this happens, we're saying what kind of additional investments we can, can we make to make sure that our system remains open for the community. Talk about the campuses you have here in uh, Southeast Texas, the facilities you have here in southeast texas where they're located and how do they fare during the storm sure so krista st elizabeth we've talked about uh Mm -hmm. the really main issue there was the loss of the city water uh and we have solved for that variable in fact today we will be fully functional on fresh potable drinkable water throughout the entire campus that enables us to uh run our uh, operating rooms our cath labs uh obviously all of the med surge uh, beds in the facility um so if you go walked over to st elizabeth today Day, it would look like a very very busy day but very normal our front door is open right. we've released some of the security we're beginning to open up the facility to the community uh beaumont bone and joint uh was also uh experienced problems because of the water loss uh and the work that we've done the last several days has brought them up fully operational so today they'll see three over 300 patients at beaumont bone and joint and their surgery capabilities are fully operational our two facilities in uh, uh, Port Arthur in Mid-County and at St. Mary never lost power, never lost water. Uh, and so the, our emergency services in both of those communities are uh, up and running and have been for the duration. In fact, since this storm started, we've seen over 1,800 emergency uh, service patients uh, since the storm event. Uh, and again, we believe it's vitally important to do all that we can to remain available for the community during these uh, events. And uh, uh, this particular case, we've been able to do that. As CEO, you have to be pretty proud of your staff. They're really troopers for all this. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I've got to shout out uh, a big thank you to our existing staff, the people who live in Southeast Texas, who, despite maybe having issues at their home, uh, were at work to be able to take care of these patients. Uh, you know, we had many nurses working double shifts, but we also, as being part of a large integrated system, uh, were able to uh, tap into other nursing resources and, and healthcare professional resources. So over the course of the last several days, we've had four different waves of additional nurses from Tyler, from Longview, from Lake Charles, uh, from Cabrini uh, in Alexandria, Louisiana. Um, And so our system and St. Michael's in Texarkana. So our system really takes care of one another whenever these events occur. Uh, We have a large bus of nurses from Tyler that are actually leaving today and going back to Tyler. And they sustained us not only in OB, but surgery and emergency. We also had pharmacists, uh, laboratory technicians, and other healthcare professionals that have come in from outside of the area. That gave our people a tremendous break. Uh, so that we could re-energize and now, you know, move into what we believe is going to be a very busy period as people need their health care services. We're putting this program together. This interview is uh, compiled on the 6th. Of course, this being aired here on the 10th. And here on the 6th, the LifeShare Blood Center 
of Southeast Texas reopening, and that that's got to be a relief because you know they've been shut down. Yeah, we've had to we had to bring in blood product and platelets from Shreveport and Lake Charles, um, and that was a critical and immediate need um, the, as soon as this happened because we weren't going to be able to sustain ourselves from a trauma standpoint unless we had those blood products. So we were able to secure those right away, uh, and again, never uh, lost trauma emergency or any of the other vital services that our community needed during this time. Visiting with Paul Trevino, CEO from uh, Chris of Southeast Texas, and just a couple more little comments here. Before we let you go, first off, we appreciate you being here to begin with. Just talk about with uh, Harvey, did the Ritas, the Ikes, and the Umberto prepare you for this? Yeah, absolutely. And as I said before, um, each storm we learn uh, a little bit more about how we can become more prepared. Uh, and so we wouldn't be sitting here today with 200 patients in the hospital and uh, about 35 surgeries and then all the activity we talked about at Belmont Bone and Joint in our orthopedic center and the two St. Mary's facilities if we hadn't prepared for the last several years. Um, and so now that water, you know, we know what it means to be mm. able to sustain ourselves in a, in a situation where we lose water, uh, we'll be looking for creative solutions uh, that will only enhance what we're doing today. So I would say that's the big variable that we're going to try to solve for, uh, you know, for this next big event. And, of course, we learn from other storms in other parts of the country and at other Christus facilities. I'm sure there'll be a lot of learnings uh, for Hurricane Irma and our heart goes out to the people of florida and uh that part of the world and we hope that they are safe and uh, endure this successfully we know what your job is but you also have a personal life personally did you guys make it out okay through the storm yeah our family did great and uh we were very very blessed uh we've been able to have uh uh some family dinners from uh our family coming together and uh probably hadn't eaten as well uh as i had during this storm process so i need to get back to work and lose a few pounds oh yeah that's fine Hey, anything else you'd like to add here as we wrap no, up? No, I'd just like to uh, thank uh, not only you know our team, the teams that came in from outside the area, but the city of Beaumont and Jefferson County, our state and federal officials. Uh, it's been uh, a huge spirit of cooperation. Uh, and when uh, disasters like this occur, it really shows the fabric of what we're made of as a community. And we appreciate all of those entities and more uh, that have come together to be able to, to move Beaumont and Southeast Texas forward. Paul, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That is Paul Trevino, CEO of the Christus Campuses here in Southeast Texas. I want to thank Paul so much and also thank Christus for what they do here in Southeast Texas here on this week's Access Program. Huntsman Corporation, we're all familiar with that here in Southeast Texas. John Huntsman held a press conference this past week in Beaumont with a pretty good announcement. Mr. Huntsman, if you will, just talk about your donation today and just the impact and what Huntsman means in Southeast Texas. Well, we're very grateful as a Huntsman Corporation to be located in Jefferson County. We have the finest associates in the world here. We have plants in 75 countries. We have no finer people than those people who are Port uh, Natchez and uh, and uh, Port Arthur and, and are in Jefferson County. And uh, I wanted to thank them all by giving $2 million to start a fund we're asking our suppliers, our customers, and the Beaumont Foundation particularly to help us match that $2 million to get to $4 million so that we'll have $4 million that we can help the people of this county, particularly 
those who work in the chemical industry, those who are suffering, those who have children who who uh, aren't don't have school clothes or don't have have lost all of their belongings. Uh, we've already put 9.7 million dollars into flood relief for the greater Houston area and our other nine plants that are down around the Gulf Coast. But I wanted to come here today and express my love to the people of Beaumont and thank them very, very much and hope that this money can be matched and can be well utilized for people in rebuilding their homes and their lives again. When you heard about all the devastation happening here in Southeast Texas, what, what was it like for you yourself? I mean, growing up in Texas and seeing all of this. Well, I just felt like it was part of my own family. Our, our, our people, as you can see, our guys back behind me and gals, they're family to us. And it's kind of like somebody's destroying your own family when you see this happening in Beaumont, see it, see it uh, in Jefferson County. And it's just been devastating. This is the first day they've allowed us to come in so I could express my love and appreciation to the people of this great county. Let's talk about your facilities itself. Of course, you're giving it to the community, but your, your facilities extended some damage. Just talk about that a little bit. Well, there are great facilities we have here. We sold part of them off in Port Arthur a few years ago, but we kept the largest areas of our, of our facilities here. I'm going to have uh, my good friend who runs, runs uh, all of our operations in this area. Uh, say a few words about it because he's kind of our site manager and so uh, I'm sorry Chad if you wouldn't mind this is Chad Anderson who runs all of our operations for us he's done a fabulous job and uh, maybe he could explain it better than I could okay. well our facility was not unlike many of the facilities here in the area we did take on water within the facility and now the water's receded we're actually in the process now of the recovery effort at the, at the site we have units back online, we have our infrastructure back online, and we're very, very lucky to be able to quickly recover from the storm. But we all, the, the luck was only because of the, the employees we have at our facility. You can look behind me, this is just a small portion of the team that we have at the site. This made us such a success. Uh, we've had men, we've had women who've lost their homes, they lost their vehicles, their family was scattered out across the state of Texas and others, into other areas, but they were at that facility from day one, from the time the storm hit to right now to ensure that we recover we get the site back up into operation. When are you going to be at 100 percent, you know? I would say we're probably within a couple weeks to, to a month. It's, going to, it's a staged process that we're going through. First and foremost, we want to protect our community. We want to protect our employees. And then, of course, we want to be good stewards of our environment, of the environment, and ensure we do not have an issue that creates a, a problem in the, in the local community. So we're, we're doing it in a staged process, very slow, very methodical, to bring the facility back online. And my final question is, are all employees back to work, if not when they need to report? We are, all the employees will be back to work by Friday, uh, 5 a.m. That is John Huntsman, CEO of Huntsman Corporation, also Chad Anderson, who heads up the Huntsman Corporation locally. They were part of a press conference uh, this past week on the steps of the Jefferson County Courthouse. Dr. Kenneth Evans, president of Lamar University in Beaumont, spoke with Jim Love this week. Dr. Evans, what can you tell us about the uh, Lamar University plans uh, following uh, Hurricane Harvey and uh, reactivating the campus and getting the students uh, back to class? What are your plans? Well, obviously, uh, last week is when we would have normally started class, and uh, that was impossible. We will commence by offering uh, curriculum in an online and some of it face-to-face format 
until the students can and faculty can get their their lives stabilized. And that's more likely we're going to probably be doing full face-to-face -face starting the following Monday. Some students will still be transitioning in, so we'll be providing additional online support until they can, uh, they can access us. Well, of course, uh, Lamar University is truly a, a regional institution, so I suspect uh, many of the students and indeed many of your staff and uh, faculty have been impacted by this. They have. We, uh, I don't know if you know this, but we house about 470 people in the Montaigne Center. Uh, we were a shelter for the American Red Cross. Among those people were you know, a large number of people from Port Arthur as well as Beaumont. A large number of our students and staff were there helping uh, these individuals who were displaced from their homes. It was a tremendous outpouring of community spirit, and many of the people that were there, students and, and uh, staff, had been displaced uh, from their own homes. Did the uh, university campus uh, suffer much physical damage in this flooding? We have experienced some damage, of course, water damage. Uh, there, uh, we're still assessing uh, a number of locations on campus where uh, we were not able to get to initially. But uh, by and large, we will be operational. Uh, on uh, tomorrow. Uh, so we are fully prepared to be in business. Of course, the potable water issue is a challenge, but we have uh, portable facilities distributed throughout the campus as well as portable wash stations. So uh, we're able to receive students, faculty, and staff starting tomorrow. So the uh, students, uh, faculty, and staff, uh, many of whom may live in, in Beaumont, where things are, are relatively unaffected except for the uh, water situation, they will come onto campus to uh, work and attend classes. Some of these students who may still be uh, either evacuated or in some areas that are impossible to get into Beaumont, they would be able to uh, complete their studies online. That is correct. That is correct. We have, we'll probably... We had about 1,600 students in the residence halls when this process, the hurricane, began. Uh, I do not know exactly what the residence hall occupancy is going to be starting tomorrow, but we fully expect to see a pretty large community of students in the residence halls. And, of course, they're going to want to be engaged in classroom activity, and that's the reason why we're, we're starting that back up. And we have a large number of commuting students as well. Who are who have the ability to reach us and and fully intend to be uh, part of the classroom experience. Couple of final questions, and you may really have already answered one of these. So, the thinking of going ahead and starting these classes tomorrow is to uh, not delay the semester any further, and and that the you do have a, a large number of students who can make the classes in person. That is correct. You know, do keep in mind also that we have a student population of about 6,000 students that are fully online. So uh, that is also part of the thinking in terms of engaging the semester at this point in time. Now, many of those students are likewise challenged in the environments in which they live, whether it's in Houston or elsewhere. So in all of this, uh, do keep in mind, Jim, that we're uh, – uh, we're being flexible with the students, so if uh, they are having a difficult time commencing the semester right away, we will find solutions for them uh, by maybe starting them mid-semester with an eight-week uh, eight uh, uh, semester structure. 
And will this affect uh, the semester in any other way? Uh, some of these students uh, having to start maybe a little later, but will you be able to uh, keep to your semester schedule by starting uh, this Absolutely. week? Absolutely. The intent is to keep students on track in their matriculation. That is the reason why we're starting tomorrow, to make sure that we keep our students uh, uh, full-time enrolled and matriculating toward their, their ultimate goal of graduation. I might add one other thing, Jim, and it was one of the observations we had when we were doing the shelter experience this last week. We had, as I told you, so many students that were actively volunteering, and we made uh, at that time a commitment to recognize those students, we're calling them Harvey Heroes, and we're providing them three credit hours free for uh, demonstrating their participation in community service activity, whether it's in Beaumont or in the communities in which they live, because many of the students, as I said, are online. Uh, Lamar is an active member of this community and committed to the community's vibrancy, and we thought it was important for us to get our students engaged in any way they can to help the community heal itself. We have 220 students who have demonstrated an interest in participating in that, that program. Lamar University Beaumont President Dr. Kenneth Evans visiting with Jim Love. Jim also is going to visit now with David Mosley from the Lamar Institute of Technology. And we're talking with David Mosley with uh, the Lamar Institute of Technology, Vice President of Strategic Initiatives. And uh, David, what can you tell us about uh, things getting back to normal at LIT? What uh, do students need to know? Well, Jim, uh, thank you for the opportunity to get on and and talk with y'all. We are calling our faculty and staff back to, uh, actually our staff back to work this Friday on the 8th. And we're resuming classes for our regular fall semester on Monday the 11th. We've uh, deployed several surveys out to our students and our faculty and staff to try and assess their uh, ability to come back to work. And uh, the students, miraculously enough, um, only about 6% say they they know they can't start school back on the 11th. 60% of them say that they can, and then there's about 30% five percent who are unsure at this point and i assume also uh david that uh, timing plays a role in that in that uh, some of these courses uh have deadlines or folks that need to take uh, perhaps state exams by certain dates if they're wanting to uh to finish in the fall semester so i suppose there is some urgency about getting things uh, back to normal and getting the uh, students in class yes sir we're we operate under the texas higher education coordinating board guidelines and uh, they've given us leave to, if we start by the 11th, we can finish the semester as normal with some accommodations. Um, so that's why we're attempting to get everything back up and running by the 11th. Again, being sensitive to the needs of our students, we do have a late start semester that begins September 20th. So what we're planning to do is those students who cannot come back on the 11th in the regular uh, 16-week term we're going to try and push as many classes into the late start semester uh, to be able to accommodate those students. So there would really be two opportunities for students. They could start on the 11th, or if their homes or their transportation locations still impacted, they would be able to start on the 20th. That's correct. And in, in the, the aftermath of the storm, what we're seeing is uh, students who about – 11% of them are saying their house was completely destroyed. Um, 
and that 70, about 25% of them are saying that they, they've received some damage, but they're still trying to, to live in the house. So their number one need is financial assistance. Some have lost jobs. Um, you know, a, apart from the immediate need of food and water, um, you know, the longer term solution is we're trying to assemble resources on campus to, to try and meet some of these needs, whether it's um, the TWC's uh, disaster unemployment uh, income, uh, FEMA. We're, we're trying to assemble those resources, again, competing with everybody else in the community for the same opportunities. But it may also give uh, students then on campus, when they come to campus, the opportunity to uh, look into some of these things without having to go anywhere else. Yes, sir. Again, we just want to reemphasize that, that you know, continuing the semester, returning to some sort of normalcy is, is very important for folks. It gives them a little sense of control. I know that that's the thing I experienced the most of watching the rain come down is that you, you have no control. So we want to give them some some sense of normalcy, and that's why we're pushing forward with the semester. And again, uh, the semester will start. Uh, you would like students to report on uh, Monday, September the 11th. That's correct. And, and uh, staff are coming back on the 8th to try and prepare everything to get ready for the kids. Uh, but at this point... Um, and then, again, as we said, the 20th would be the late start semester, so there'll be another opportunity for those who are not able to come back on the 11th. Jim Lovewood, David Mosley from LIT. Prior to that, we heard from Dr. Kenneth Evans with Lamar Beaumont. Up next, we hear from Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who was in Beaumont on Wednesday. I'm so proud to be here in Jefferson County. Uh, I wanted to be here to recognize these leaders behind me uh, for their strong spirit, and their great leadership uh, with the mayor, with the county judge, uh, with these members from the state legislature, house members, as well as uh, Senator Brandon Creighton, uh, as well as uh, all these local officials. Uh, but you know what? The real heroes over the past week or so have been our fellow Texans. It's been Texans stepping up, helping their fellow Texans. Neighbor helping neighbor, in fact, stranger helping stranger has brought out the best in Texas. It's inspired not just people across the state, it's inspired people across the entire world. So we're very thankful for the Texas spirit and the way they've responded to this unprecedented tragedy. We're proud of our first responders, the, the men who are, and men and women who are over here wearing the uniform of the National Guard. The National Guard has stepped up uh, in the, the largest deployment ever in the history of the state. And first responders, whether they be police or sheriff or water rescue or however they've served in whatever capacity, is countless the number of lives they have saved. But we're here for the people, the people of Jefferson County, the people of Southeast Texas. We're here to send a message. One is that while you're still working on desperately needed supplies, as I handed out tonight, food and water, we're beginning the rebuilding process. We're not gonna waste a single day as we begin the road toward returning Southeast Texas to the way that it was before this storm hit. And working together was my message today. Whether it be the federal level, state level, or local level, we're gonna to work together to restore Southeast Texas. Now listen, there, there's a whole lot of concerns that people have. They need to focus their concerns on preserving their life, restoring their home. They shouldn't have to be worried about extraneous issues 
such as misleading comments that have been made about home insurance claims. Understand that the law that was passed during this past session doesn't change your ability uh, to recover insurance that you may have on your home. That claim process won't be altered any way whatsoever. It's intended to expedite that process to make sure uh, that if you have a valid claim, it'll be paid sooner and with more money winding up in your pocket as opposed to somebody else's pocket. All that said, I'll be happy to take a few questions. Talk about the steps, step by step, to try to get this county back, on, Southeast Texas back on its feet. The, the first step, of course, is to ensure that we are protecting every single life. Uh, while we still have high waters, uh, we still have ongoing efforts uh, to ensure safety. Uh, the second step is to uh, restore essential services, uh, power, water, uh, all the basics of essential services. The third step is going to be the long-term build-out. I've worked carefully uh, with every cabinet member uh, of the White House, uh, with uh, every leader in Washington, D.C. that's being involved in this process, as well as state and local leaders. And we're focused on the long-term build-out uh, to restore Southeast Texas to being even better than it was before. Can you talk about the other county, outlying counties? We're here in Jefferson County, but also Hardin County and, and Orange County, the, the commitments that the, the U.S. governor has to, to those communities as well. Orange County, Hardin County, the entire area of Southeast Texas. Uh, I'm going to be covering that entire ground. Uh, I'm, I will be assembling a meeting of all the mayors and county judges of those counties later this week as we begin to talk about what the next step is uh, for rebuilding Texas and rebuilding Southeast Texas. Governor, good time for uh, two more, everyone. I got a list recently of all the places you've been in the last couple of days, and it's a lot. Uh, you know, we've all had a couple really long weeks. So first off, how are you doing? And uh, second of all, uh, why is it important for you to go out into these communities and meet with people face to face? I want people, whether it be Jefferson County, Hardin County, any county, Orange County, or it could be uh, at a Nueces County on the western end uh, of uh, and southern end of, of this horrific storm uh, to know uh, that Texas has their back, that Texas is going to step up and aid uh, our fellow Texans, uh, that the people here in southeast Texas have inspired us, and we all are going to work tirelessly. Uh, until we get this done. Several Southeast Texas leaders were at that press conference with Governor Greg Abbott, including Southeast Texas State Senator Brandon Creighton. Senator Creighton, just talk about the recoveries here in your senatorial district. It's been incredible to see neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor participation and the first responders coming together and just community solving problems. We've got the governor here today. It's been a great opportunity to hear his plan as he's made Southeast Texas a, a, a top priority uh, to help all the local officials work, officials work through some of the problems that we have on the ground. You think it's a confidence builder for Southeast Texans to see the governor down on himself? I think so, uh, without a doubt. It's been, uh, you know, this isn't just a meeting uh, to be seen. Uh, there was a real uh, working meeting with uh, many at the table, a lot of stakeholders, first responders, education, law enforcement, uh, county leadership, city leadership, and state legislators uh, working with issue by issue, working through with the governor to uh, solve problems. That is Texas State Senator Brandon Creighton. Up next, we hear from State Representative Joe Desitel. He'll be followed by State Representative James White. We had a chance to look at this entire area on a state level. What can be and what is being done? Well, you know, the reason the governor's coming, you know, is trying to assess the damage 
A lot of this, of course, is federal uh, appropriations uh, through FEMA. And I know we are we're requesting as much aid as we can, you know, from the federal government. I don't know if we're going to have to have any special appropriations from the state to cover, you know, maybe the, the guard and different things that we're having to do that's not reimbursable maybe by, uh, by the federal government. But, you know, the state is here trying to meet the immediate needs through the various uh, Department of Emergency Management, making sure these pods as this was set up and operational and that things are channeled here and where they need it. So it's still early to assess all the damage, though. You've had a chance to look at a lot of your district. What do you think? Well, I mean, Beaumont was hit, but there are areas that are still underwater. There are areas of, of, uh, that you can't tell there was a, ever a storm. So I, I won't say, you know, everything's fine. For some people it is, but for a lot of people it's not. A lot of people are displaced. Uh, you go to certain parts of uh, the area, people will pull carpet and everything out of their house. It's going to be months before they can go back in. It's a really uh, devastated. A lot of areas are really devastated. Some are still underwater. Chance to go through quite a bit of your district. What do you think? Well, uh, I still haven't got through enough of it. Um, we want to try to get over to the western part of Hardin County. I believe we'll be able to do that. The roads are becoming passable. we got to get back over to Polk County, especially the southern part of it where I think they saw uh, some, they experienced some, some impact. Uh, but uh, it's just the enormity of it. Uh, but as I told someone else, the enormous nature of this obviously brings up the challenge. And with the bigger the challenge, uh, the bigger opportunity for success, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Southeast Texans coming together in something like this, so the job will be done. Let me tell you something. I have, I'm extremely proud to represent the 170 Texans that I have. You know, I've become very emotional over the past few uh, days. Um, when people have just come together in Southeast Texas uh, and I call them social or compassionate entrepreneurs. Uh, there is no one, they didn't get a call from FEMA. They didn't get a call from a national organization. They didn't get an email from a, a, a politician. They just said, they rolled up their sleeves and they went to work. And that's Southeast Texas. Keep up the good work. We will. Thank y'all. We just heard from State Representative James White. Prior to that, it was State Representative Joe Desitel and State Senator Brandon Creighton. Also out at that press conference was Dave Phelan. Representative Phelan has been doing a really good job representing his residents, parts of Jefferson County and all of Orange County. Orange County took a pretty good hit, and you can tell that uh, State Representative Dade Phelan is really working hard in those recovery efforts. As we move along, we caught up with Jefferson County Precinct 2 Commissioner Brent Weaver and also Jefferson County Judge Jeff Brannick. These interviews took place this past Wednesday. Several parts of uh, Jefferson County got hit hard, especially Precinct 2 when you talk about the Finette, Hampshire, and LaBelle areas. Yeah, you know, LaBelle, Finette area around the bios, uh, you know, uh, the, the big outfalls that come through there, uh, a lot of that low-lying area sure did get hit hard. And uh, we tried to be out there during the eye of the storm just trying to help people. And uh, we, did, uh, we did a lot of good things out there. I'm real proud of the Precinct 2 crew. Uh, they were out there in the midst of it trying to help people, and we're trying to do the same thing in the mid-county area as well in our precinct. Right now, we're real busy moving debris off the road, out of the ditches, make sure that drainage is open. Uh, so all our roadside ditches, uh, roadways, getting that debris off, that's our first priority right now. 
When can residents start returning home? Well, you know, they have to assess that. Each situation is different. Uh, that's something that they have to do and make an assessment on their own to determine whether or not it's safe to go back in and, and look for advisories come through emergency management. Overall, just uh, what type of damage did you look at? Uh, you know, a lot of the homes, water in them, you know. Uh, that's that's A lot of it is just uh, floodwaters and, and damage like that. But, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to all of them, not just Precinct 2, but the entire county. Judge, uh, along the same lines, I'll talk to Commissioner Weaver about just talk about the recovery efforts. We fully anticipate that it's going to be a long road, that, uh, but we've already stood up our request for uh, disaster housing assistance. Uh, we've got the Texas Division of Emergency Management working on emergency response repair efforts that will get HVAC, water, power, wet sheetrock out of the homes and uh, allow people to shelter in place. And that it's being looked at right now by the Texas Division of Emergency Management and the Texas General Land Office through a FEMA program that had worked during the 2016 Baton Rouge floods. We'll have to wait for the water to go down fully so that we can have assessments done of all the public infrastructure for our request for public assistance to FEMA. FEMA people just called me today. Their first guy is, is here on the ground today and they'll be having a lot more coming in tomorrow. We put him in touch with local media in hopes that valuable and timely and accurate information about the FEMA private assistance or individual assistance process can be uh, disseminated to the community and uh, so that they can start making those claims for individual assistance and trying to get back to some sense of normalcy. I know it's a long road ahead of us, but any timetable at all when these residents can start trying to get back to their homes, trying to get back to normal, just get back on track some way? program that we're looking at that was used after Hurricane Sandy in New Jersey and New York and then in Baton Rouge in 2016 has to be a request from the governor to FEMA once it's approved. Uh, the Texas Division of Emergency Management would likely partner with the Southeast Texas Regional Planning Commission that ran prior housing disaster housing projects. Uh, I spent most of the day on the phone yesterday with Commissioner Bush and uh, Division of Emergency Management and uh, Sean Davis trying to put together some kind of, of eligibility and uh, framework for the program. We're going to try to get it up and running as quickly as possible to avoid the need to bring in modular homes or uh, other type of housing to the area. So uh, it will still likely be weeks. Jefferson County Judge Jeff Braddock. Prior to that, we heard from Precinct 2 Commissioner Brent Weaver, both those interviews taking place on Wednesday. Back to the governor's trip to Southeast Texas. Here is Beaumont Mayor Becky Ames. Just talk about the governor's visit here to Beaumont today. I think it was very important that the governor came today to visit with us. He um, had a lot of information that some that we knew and some that we didn't know. So I was pleased that he's come. We've had wonderful representation from our, our state and federal uh, legislators to help us get through this. Um, and I think uh, the message that he brought to us today was he was also thanking us and all the citizens of Beaumont, all of our first responders, all of our governmental entities for working together and getting through this.
That is Beaumont Mayor Becky Ames talking about the governor's trip here to Southeast Texas. While we just had Mayor Ames on, I want to thank everybody, all our elected officials, every mayor across Southeast Texas, every city council person, every judge, every county commissioner, emergency management coordinators, everybody, first responders, please, fire, you name it. Thank you for your hard work during the storm and, of course, a lot more hard work coming following Tropical Storm Harvey. Southeast Texans sticking together in the aftermath of Tropical Storm Harvey. You have been listening to Access, a public affairs presentation of iHeartMedia, hosted by news and sports director Harold Mann. If you have comments concerning today's program or suggestions for future programs, email Harold Mann at iHeartMedia.com.